Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is October 8th, 2019, and it seems every time I tweet out a funky name, a name that we're not supposed to be talking about, a name that no one's heard about, and they're like, why is she talking about it? Something wants to happen and not allow me to connect to my radio show, always delayed, pretty annoying. It's getting to be routine. Uh, <laughs> just a coincidence, just pointing out. So today we have lots to talk about. I mean, there is tons. Uh, we have to talk about this impeachment hoax. Um, the fact that they want to impeach first and talk about facts later kind of sounds like Obamacare. Sign it first and then we'll look at it. Um, we have a lot going on in the Middle East. I mean a lot, but we also have a lot of eyes on Africa. And I have to thank Ilhan Omar for signing her divorce decree in Burkina Faso because now we can talk about that. See, she allowed me to focus my attention there to understand why was she in Djibouti, which is pretty much Somali slash they're one in the same. It's like the Italians and the Greeks, they um, have a saying between themselves, una fazza, una razza. It's the same thing between Somalis and uh, Djiboutins, right? So we have to ask ourselves, you know, how is she hopping about Africa and what is she doing and who is she hopping about and I'm going to drop a little bit of information that's going to be a little bit, uh, I, I want to say concerning, but expected. Uh, in regards to Ilhan Omar, I am still working on that. So that should be coming. Also, um going to be talking about Barack Hussein Obama today just a little bit. Uh, so we can understand what's going on with the African continent. But before we get to all of that, I listened to Hannity's talk about how the Democrats want impeachment first and facts later. And I think it's important that we listen to it together and understand exactly what he is telling us. So I thought I would kick off the show with a little bit of Sean. Uh, he put it so nicely together. Buckle I was up. very impressed. We're going to put all this in perspective. Uh, I know many of you, you might be worried about the... Okay, hold on. Let me let me just tell you, he is putting together his POV on what the agenda of the Democrats are. Now, he's not far off. He's not far off. Um, but it's not exact. See, what we're seeing right now with the Democrats is um, a response. See, they didn't expect it to go this way. They didn't expect us to plant uh, information. They didn't expect us. I mean, we already know who urged the phone call in July with the president. Seems kind of like how they urged that meeting with George Papadopoulos, right? Urged it and said things. Oh, maybe you should do this. Maybe we already know who urged the phone call. So we already knew that they knew that it was going to happen. And we already know who this uh, whistleblower, you know, manifester is. We already know. And here's the funny thing. They don't want us to see the whistleblowers. 
They don't want us to know who they are because we know who hired them. And here's the thing. How do you cover your tracks of money payments and meetings when we've been following you, Daniel Jones? No one's dumb. We set you. You wanted to set a trap. We let you. If you can follow us, you can listen to us, you can monitor us, you better sure know that we're doing the same just because um, you took away our ability to rim communicate doesn't mean that all of us lost that ability. You may have phased it out. You may have gotten them to go broke, but there are a lot of us that still maintain pin messaging. So we can see everything. We know everything. And this is what's fun. This is reactive. And they have the mainstream media literally committing suicide. They will never be seen the same again. They are literally going to be remembered. The mainstream media will be remembered that they made complete arses of themselves over Russiagate and now Ukraine gate. Uh, we'll analyze what Adam Schiff said. We'll analyze with Pelosi saying, Oh yeah, we want to work. We want to do. Mm. We'll look at it together, uh, at the, uh, during this first hour because we're going to have an explosive second hour. Like I, it's going to be like you guys are sitting in on the Tory cabinet because we need to understand just how, um, I would say interconnected this weave of globalist is and how far back it goes. I mean, I can't stress it enough, you know, that this has been this plan has been uh, in process since they lost their right to remain under the crown. And I'm not saying the queen is doing this. By the way, she's been like 80 for like 100 years, right? I mean, when is she going to die? Um, I'm not saying that I'm advocating for the death of the queen. Okay, don't get me wrong. But I remember being a kid and she was 80 and she's still 80. I don't I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, I just assume she was 80 and she's not. But... Uh, we're going to see today, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a tidbit. I'm actually writing an article. And so it's about Barack Hussein Obama, Brennan, Strzok, and his mom. Not Strzok's mom, Hussein's mom. So I'm going to be dropping some serious stuff in the last few minutes like I always do, only for you to sit on it for a little bit. And um, I currently have like three quarters of the way done an article introducing this idea. Um, and this goes back to Ilhan Omar. If you guys look at some writing that I did, you can Google it um, during the show or on the break where I told the world – over a year ago, that Peter Strzok was raised in Iran and what business his dad did. Well, one of the businesses his dad did with Brennan was, one, overthrow the Iranian government and install the regime we see today, which is U.S.-backed. And number two, right after that, he went to a country in Africa called Upper Volta. It actually flanks the Niger River uh, where they have uh, yellow kick uranium. It is uh, very uh, well endowed with gold. Um, 
And basically what they did was with the French, they decided to put a new regime in there. Uh, Peter Strzok's dad did that. And that nation is now known as Burkina Faso, which has the central bank of West African nations. Uh, and thank you, Ilhan Omar, for going there because you gave me the excuse to start exposing through USAID. I've always said, follow the money. I mean, everybody always says on crime shows and everything, follow the money, follow the money. Well, here we are following the money, and it leads us back to Barry's mom. So Hussein's mommy is implicated with Strzok and Brennan. Blow your mind yet? Wait till you see what's coming. Now, this is all important because it has to do with drone bases. It has to do with hits, and it has to do with why Ilhan Omar may be in Africa right now on our dime. But also, here's another thing. We all know that Ilhan Omar falsified her information coming into the country using a false name, marrying her brother. Now she's divorcing her, uh, fa- the father of her children, biological father of the children. I mean, you know, I'd still ask for a DNA test. I'm just saying. But what's weird is, is that what if I told you that that family that Ilhan Omar is a part of has played a role in U.S. politics in the past. What if I told you that Madeleine Albright, Hillary Clinton, all of them know Ilhan Omar's actual family? What would you say? What? Yes, they do. So uh, that's all coming in the second hour. So first, let's just listen to what our lovely Sean has to say. Again, he's not on it completely. He's kinda. He's kinda. I'm going to say kinda because I guess maybe because he works for Fox, you know, and when you have uh, investors or advertisers, you got to appease people. So you got to be a little bit moderate. So he kind of, and I'll point out where he doesn't, uh, (laughs) take a listen. In Washington, the mob and our corrupt media, by the way, you should be, it's repulsive what they're doing again after three years of lies and conspiracy theories. Now, I can't tell you exactly how it's all going to play out. And it's likely maybe they go ahead and impeach President Trump over nothing. Bill Clinton had 11 felonies in the Ken Starr report. Nothing here. We'll see. But I can tell you this tonight with confidence. I can tell you how this is going to end. And it's going to end up with the re-election of Donald Trump. And in part, we are going to be able to thank them for what they did and their stupidity and their lack of concern for you, we, the American people. And I can see the Republicans taking back the House. I can see Republicans increasing their majority in the U.S. Senate. But make no mistake about it, these are dangerous times for our constitutional republic. By the way, God help us, if they ever did win with their $94 trillion Green New Deal, their $36 trillion Medicare for All with no private insurance, yeah, you see, that would destroy the greatest economy ever designed by man. That's a clear and present danger. Uh, Democrats, their compliant lapdog stenographers and the mob and the media, they are now willing to shred the Constitution, upend the rule of law, suspend any connection to truth, reality, objective truth. And by the way, they'll cast away all God-given common sense, assuming they might have had some in the beginning, to subvert the will of you, we, the American people. 
the root cause of this now going into another impeachment saga. It's not bribery, high crimes or misdemeanors. They don't have any of that. Instead, it is a psychotic hatred and rage against this president. And really, for those of us that put him in office and voted for him. In other words, they never recovered from losing in 2016. They thought they had this covered. Make no mistake, they loathe we, you, the American people. We smelly Walmart shoppers. I love Walmart. We irredeemable deplorables. You know, we're Americans that cling to our God. Thank you. Our guns, our Bible, our religion. They hate you. They hate me. They hate the president. And they look down on all of us. They think they know better. And they want total control of your life, your decisions, and they'll tax you to death to get their scheme done. They want to confiscate our money. They want everything free, free, free for everybody. Cradle, cradle to grave, womb to tomb. Free Medicare, free higher education, free child care, free paid vacation, free housing, free healthy food, free universal basic income, whether you're willing or unwilling to work. And by the way, they'll eliminate oil, gas, the combustion engines, eventually planes and cows. And Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the real speaker of the House, now wants to provide, this is the truth, welfare for illegal immigrants, including criminal illegal immigrants, those convicted. Now, this would cause an economic devastation, the likes of which we, the U.S., and the world has ever witnessed. This is the greatest wealth-producing system in the world. It would be turned into another socialist hell, no different than Venezuela or Cuba. But in order to govern, this country would deny and fist and carry out that socialist dream of theirs. They must first reclaim power. It's all about power. Now, you might say, we have an election in one year. Why not let the American people decide? Well, the answer to that is they don't want to risk another term of President Trump. So they feel they got to bludgeon him more. It'll backfire, but that's their thinking. Instinctively, I argue they know they can't win with the people they have running. Congressman Al Green said it best. If he's not impeached, yeah, he could get reelected. Let me tell you something, guys. So he's not wrong about them wanting power. He's not wrong about them being um, persons, if you want to call them persons, that loathe people. They just loathe people. But you have to remember, it's not about just their power. It's the people they answer to. This is a globalist click. Globalist. They're in charge of every single piece of land, every man, woman, and child, like it or not. And our nation in 1776 broke apart from those, from that secret cabal deep state empire. And, you know, this was their way of uh, taking one of the largest land masses and taking over, uh, which organically grew to the need for freedom and the need for change. They used that and piggybacked. And unfortunately, there was an insane guy called George Washington who said, no, we're going to Brexit. <laughs> and we did Brexit. We Brexited. We got out of Britain. We got out from under the skirt of the queen uh, or king at the time. We left and we said no. And they said, that's okay. We'll let them cultivate. We'll see how this experiment goes. But in the meantime, we'll make long-term plans. This is a global thing. I don't see why people can't see that.
It's not just local. We have Biden going out and saying, do not allow Giuliani on TV. We have Kamala asking for Twitter to suspend the voice of our president. Imagine if they had power, what they would be doing right now. All of us would be rounded up as, um, how did Facebook put it? As a danger to society. And, you know, Obviously, we have a Supreme Court right now that would be very difficult to pass it. By the way, today we have a Supreme Court hearing in regards to, again, LGBTQ, uh, where it shouldn't be that. So that's a, that's going on today. Uh, we should be hearing the results of that today, uh, cause Supreme Court was in session as of yesterday. And so that's been going to be coming forward. Their impeachment frenzy is indeed that they believe if he is undone so much, if he has so quickly severed ties of the globalist elite and has alienated the ones in the U.S. and now he's at the point of gutting them, right, gutting them right out. Four years. Look how much he's done in three. Imagine if he had another, you know, five years. They don't need him to have five years. And he's done all that with his hands tied behind his back. Right. They have been fighting him every single step of the way. And nations across the globe are jumping ship saying, you know what? He's right. Time for a global revolution. And we're seeing that. And this pullout from Syria is just that. I mean, you can say, 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 but in the end, you have to let the people see it themselves. You have to let people see what the intentions of other nations are, because no matter how much you say, the media is going to not say, and the media is going to say their part, and they're going to push only their part, and that'll be the official story because they said so. So... This is how it has to go in regards to allowing them to pull their own pants down, which they're doing, and allowing them to show even the left this, not the really insane ones that cry, you know, foam at the mouth or break out in a rash when they hear the word, the words President Trump, but the ones that believe that what the Democrats say they stand for, they do, they're starting to realize, dude, this is like nuts. I mean, if we're all against him, then we should be able to vote him out. And they know they can't because they can't fix the elections this time. They can't fix it. They've tried to push legislation. It's not going. They tried to do this. It's not going. Remember, it's all about the masses. And they have been canvassing Twitter with polls. Should we impeach him? Are you going to vote for Trump or not? And, you know, it's great because I love the fact that they are still pushing candidates that have no leg to stand on. They have Hillary raising funds in private when an actual candidate exists that could actually be a threat to the administration. They're ignoring it, which is great. But like I said, like I said in the fall, you know, he's going to be rearing his head and in New York City had a pretty big crowd and it was almost like a concert. So I'm just saying we have to... Pay attention to the little things. The Democrats are just too stupid to see the bigger picture. It's their picture or no picture. Listen to the further commentary Hannity makes. Likely will. Take a look. Are you concerned that impeachment talk may actually help the president's reelection? 
I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. If we don't impeach him, he will say he has been vindicated. We don't impeach him. He will get reelected. Now, what we have now been through the last three years, Russia, Russia, impeach, impeach, stormy, stormy. It's now clear Democrats are fully prepared to upend the will of the American people by any means necessary. They think they know better than we do. And what, by the way, of the do nothing Democrats, what have they done? What accomplishment have they made in the last three years of Russia, Russia, to make you, we, the American people, more prosperous, to keep us more safe and more secure? They've done nothing. This is all they've done for three years. They want this post-constitutional America. They want to stack the U.S. Supreme Court, eliminate the Electoral College so California, New Jersey, uh, New York, and Illinois will decide every national election. They want to get rid of a president because they don't like him. And by the way, even if he does something they like, they don't like him. Now, what the left does fail to realize time and again is that, well, we might be irredeemable deplorables that cling to our God, uh, but we're also hard-working, logical, smart Americans, and we weren't, well, swamped out of the common sense God gave us. We know what this impeachment inquiry is all about, nothing more than a political stunt. They've tried this for three years now. They failed. By the way, this time, they're not going to put their faith and hope in another special prosecutor who in the end just let them down because there was no evidence. We have all witnessed the left's insane, breathless, nonstop, three-year hoax, their lies, their conspiracy theories, and their witch hunt. Same people now, same agenda, just a different country. It's Ukraine. By the way, Ukraine helped Hillary Clinton in the last election. Yeah, and they admit it. And by the way, a DNC operative subcontractor met with Ukrainian officials to get dirt on Trump. Not telling that story either. We the people, we have been watching and witnessing this phony, fake outrage, this media circus, the character assassination, the smearing. Oh, the president, Justice Kavanaugh. We witnessed a 16-year-old high school kid get demonized on national TV for wearing a MAGA hat. They assassinated his character. You, the American people, you've been witnessing the media mobs, and they are a mob with a mob mindset, breathless hysteria, result in one fake, phony story after another, one lie after another, every second of every day. We got them, we got them, we got them. No, you don't. The great irony in all of this, whatever accusations Democrats and the mob launch against the president, they end up being guilty of that very thing themselves. How ironic. This is why tonight I want you to take a close look at this list. And by the way, those Democratic congressmen and women, they represent districts that President Trump carried in 2016. Now, if you live in any of those districts, it might be important to remind your lawmaker that they work for you. And not doing anything in three years is not acceptable to you. And to allow the, the corrupt, cowardly Adam, the shifty shift, literally run this thing, these people need to stand up to this post-constitutional coup attempt in their party, and frankly, I say defeat them. This is where you have the power, not them. The radical far-left... 
And like I said, um, Hannity is right on some notes. Um, I hear that my connection was disrupted. I hope that it's back on now. So if any of you are listening live, please let me know. Um, I just want to know if you guys heard my opening statement because it was pretty, pretty bombshell. You know what we're going to be talking about today. I kind of gave the hint up of we're going to be talking about Barack Hussein Obama's mommy. Uh, and the connection with Brennan and Peter Strzok's dad. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in the second hour. I'm just repeating this so you guys know. Uh, right now we're talking about the Democrat strategy and how Hannity is calling it blind rage. And what I'm telling you is that they're the last front. They messed up. They piloted this. They fell into the trap. Um, I have recorded the whole show myself. So uh, I will be uploading it like right after the show so you guys can hear it. Um, so I'll just continue as normal. I'm just telling you, this second hour will blow your mind. And we can thank Ilhan Omar for going to Africa. We can thank her for pointing my attention that way, tapping into resources that I have uh, that are very well versed with AFRICOM. And um, I mean, guys, I'm telling you, if anything, today, this is the show that you should be listening to live, but don't drive while you listen because it's going to be pretty insane. You're going to be like, what? So conspiracy theories, maybe. But what is a conspiracy? It means when people get together to plan something. What President Trump is fighting. What Hannity is calling blind rage of a Trump derangement syndrome is not just about the United States. This is a global syndicate. They are merely henchmen, powerful, albeit they are powerful within our nation because they have a position of so-called power. But they're not. Because just like he said, we have the power, they don't. So I'm just going to finish off his chat and I'll try to get into the groove of it and um, kind of uh, take it from there right after this break. Gosh, you guys missed the first half hour. I'm so sorry. All right, guys. So I'm back. And I did get a lot of messages and some DMs of people telling me what they heard and what they didn't. So I guess I'll do um, a little bit of a reintro. I kind of tweeted it out. If you're not following me on uh, Twitter, it's Tor underscore says. It's T-O-R-E underscore S-A-Y-S. You know, think about it. What does Strzok's, uh, Peter Strzok Sr., so Strzok's daddy... Brennan, Hillary, Omar, USAID, State Department, Earl, and Hussein's mom have in common. <laughs> it's going to be insane today. I'm going to give you just little tidbits because, like I said in my first half hour, that a lot of you didn't get to hear. I'm three quarters of the way done uh, with my article and about Operation Creek Sand. Now, 
We can, like I said, thank Ilhan Omar for bringing this, uh, bringing my attention back to Africa. I mean, I never worked. Well, I didn't really work any African sector, uh, but I did have, um, I did travel. To Africa, uh, specifically Lagos. I went to Ghana, Angola, um, and uh, uh, Mali. Uh, so I am familiar, let's say, with Africa. Like, uh, and I'm talking that sector of Africa. I've been to other places too, but those are the specific ones that um, I feel confident with the information that I have garnered and am still garnering to discuss. Also, uh, something I mentioned in the first half hour is that I'm going to introduce to you, aside from the fact that Ilhan Omar signed her divorce filing from Africa, specifically in Burkina Faso. And like I said, um, in the first uh, half hour that you guys didn't hear, I urge you to go to Big League Politics or just Google, you know, uh, Peter Strzok raising Iran and you'll see it pop up on Big League Politics where I wrote about Peter Strzok's dad and what he did to Iran, which is install the regime that we see now, which was backed by the U.S. But right after that, I mentioned that he went to West Africa specifically to a nation called Upper Volta. Upper Volta was a nation that was, uh, that was and still is very, very rich. Um, it used to be larger too. Um, <laughs> and, um, gold reserves like nobody's business and uh, natural resources and, you know, precious metals, of course. And of course, yellow cake uranium. So, here we have a nation that was dismantled by Strzok Sr., someone else, Brennan, together, and in 87 kind of helped topple them, supposedly to help them. But instead, they rebuilt them as Burkina Faso and have the West African Nations Bank centered there. Whoa, interesting. So we're going to talk about that in the second hour. So... You know, you really need to buckle up for that one because you're going to see just how orchestrated this whole thing is. Uh, you're going to see how the Dunhams have penetrated our government. Uh, you're going to understand just how wide and how far and wide this reaches. The cabal, the global elitists are not about controlling just the people of the United States of America. They control every single piece of land on this planet. They want to control every man, woman, and and child. And the question that I put in my previous article is, who is they? We see Pelosi, Schiff, Clinton, Obama, blah, 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 blah. These people are clowns. They're nothing. They're henchmen. They're rank and file to us on our level, right? You know, on our, in our reality, in the United States, in our tangible access, I say proximity, whatever, they're considered top players. They're so not. Their hate, their insanity, their foaming at the mouth is because they have pressure. I mean, think about it. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen to them that, you know, 
the bigger guys will off them. They'll probably off their whole line down to the, to the ones that haven't come yet. So, I mean, what is it that, that, that is such a big threat to them that they would literally die on a fake sword? What is it that is so threatening? Why is the mainstream media okay with being remembered as the biggest circus on the planet? They will be remembered for the Russia hoax and then the Ukraine hoax. Um, I'll play clips of Schiff and what Jim Jordan said and what they all had to say today because the president said, you want to talk to someone? All right, impeach me first. Do it. Because then that gives us a third term. And God... May God bless this man with energy, with good health, uh, with strength, uh, because that would be great. I'd love for them to try it. But see, they're not going to do it because they're going to fail because we've seen that they've reached out through Facebook and Twitter with random accounts. Some of them that pose as right conservative citizens that are just tweeting Asking you the question, are you going to vote for Trump or any Democrat candidate? Are you going to, or do you support impeachment or not? Look how many of these polls come by you. And this is them canvassing. I mean, Jim Acosta comes out with, oh, tons of Americans support impeachment. Where are the tons of Americans? Because I don't see them. You put out so many polls just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. Jim Acosta is a baby. Jim Acosta takes marching orders. Jim Acosta is not a journalist. None of them are. Journalists dig into things. Journalists expose the actual facts, not the manufactured facts, right? Not the, I would like this to be facts, even though it's not facts, but the actual facts. It's all going to be coming out. And here's where the panic button is going. It's that if they don't impeach him, which they can't, especially with the court systems that we have in place right now that will not allow them to not uphold the law, right? First of all, an impeachment inquiry shouldn't even be in the intelligence committee. It should be in the judiciary, but whatever. They change the rules as they go because it doesn't suit them. They fell into the trap. We know who told the president to take the call. We knew that was pretty odd. We knew who we needed to listen. We needed to plug the holes. Darn it, Pence. Okay, so here's where I'm going to play the rest of the clip from Hannity for you guys to listen of what he is saying, what he is saying. Like I said, he's a great guy. He says things, but he says things on a very remedial level um, of uh, reality. It's kind of like, let's pretend that you are part of Space Force, right? And you are battling like aliens in space. And this is about someone blowing up the planet and you're fighting that, right? Well, when people down on the ground are like, oh, you know, this country's fighting with that country, that war seems like nothing compared to the planet being exploded, right? You'd be like, okay, that's a nothing burger. Well, that's exactly how he's putting it out to you. He's talking to you about the little battle 
so that you can um, digest it. And obviously, maybe because he's on Fox News rather than the global battle, which is planet may explode. I'm not saying it is. I'm just trying to give an example of the levels of um, I don't want to say reality, uh, but levels of knowledge. There we go. So if you keep it sequestered to um, a smaller, more microscopic view, people sometimes digest it better. I love that. That's why I tell you guys, stand on the moon and look down. And if you were standing on the moon right now and looking down on planet Earth, you would see a heat map in the eastern Mediterranean that I've been talking about since last year, November, because it was never Iran. Iran is done. It's been dusted. It's done. Okay, it's finished. Done. It's done. The heat map is the eastern Mediterranean. Then we've got a little bit of an orange kind of glow in the African horn. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of confusion in Europe. But if you stand back, all you see is independent sections of land on fire. So that aren't interconnected. This is what we're seeing on a global scale. We've got China battling out their communism. Like I said, more props to them. You like communism? Fair enough. I mean, I'm actually kind of excited to go stay in a place for like a month or so as, you know, not working, just being there because my kid wants to learn Chinese, right? Um, and observing how it feels to live in a communist nation. Obviously, I'll be doing my radio show, um, but, you know... Um, Seeing it with my own eyes will be kind of awesome. Uh, and living it as a civilian, as just a person that's there, uh, seeing how everyday things work. And you know, I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to tell you something that is uh, one of the most important things I've ever done. Globe hopping or even state hopping. The one thing I like to do to introduce myself to every single culture and every single um, place that I've been to is at night. So after 11 p.m., I would go out to where all the bars and nightclubs are and I would look at the food carts or the late uh, open late kind of eateries and eat their um, dirty food, as I call it. You know, the the I'm drunk and I've just got the munchies now because I'm drunk food. So like in England, you're going to find kebab shops or curry shops, right? That's basically what you find, curry and kebabs. Uh, in Belgium, believe it or not, you find something like a Jamaican patty. It's like a deep fried dough. It totally reminds me, and I kid you not, the Jamaican patties they used to give us in New York City at school for lunch. They were like, you know... <laughs> I actually like them. They're super bad, but I totally love them. So, you know, um, that's how you get to know a nation. And I think um, I'm going to have a lot of fun doing that with the communist nation to see it. Anyway, I digress. All right. So let's get to the nitty gritty. Take a listen to what Hannity calls blind rage on a micro scale. Remember, we're only looking at the stuff that's directly affecting us, city, state and federal level. We're not looking at the bigger picture. Because right now the whole world is on fire because it's like President Trump swooped in, stood on the North Pole and threw wrenches everywhere (laughs) into this plan. They had these cogs going. Everything was going because this corrupt syndicate is a well-oiled machine. And he threw wrenches everywhere. And the United States was leading the pack of this new way of creating the slaves you need. Take a listen to how he describes this blind rage. 
extreme socialists in charge of the Democratic Party think they rule it all. You will have the last say at the end of the day. The cowardly Schiff and AOC and Tlaib and Omar and Pelosi, speaker name only, they get their way. The sanctity of your vote, the foundations of this great prosperous republic will be destroyed because they want to fundamentally, drastically reshape America. And Adam, the cowardly shifty Schiff, well, in particular, he's trying to con we the people with outright lies and fabrications. Now, we know that the non-whistleblower whistleblower, well, from the Ukraine call, worked with Schiff's office to craft the complaint. In fact, Schiff's office encouraged the whistleblower to hire a lawyer, go to the inspector general on national TV. The shifty Schiff, well, he said, we have not spoken directly with the whistleblower, but we'd like to. That was a lie, too. Maybe that's why the fake whistleblower whistleblower failed to mention his contact with Schiff's office in the complaint. And according to a reporter, own Catherine Herridge, this uh, non-whistleblower, and we have more because that one's not panning out. We have tons of whistleblowers. We'll make them up. Filing this complaint left a blank a, a section which they could have disclosed that con uh, congressional contact. They didn't use it. Still no word on why there was also an 18-day gap in between the president's call with Ukraine and the urgent report made to the inspector general. Maybe the cowardly Schiff has not been contacted by that point. Maybe he knows the answer. Maybe Schiff can also fill us in on why the fake, phony, non-whistleblower is reportedly a registered Democrat, hired to work in the Obama White House, went to his office, of all places, to file his complaint. Maybe the cowardly Schiff could tell us how the president's phone calls with world leaders are now getting leaked again and again to the press. Australia, Mexico, Ukraine, Mark Australia Stahl. again. No other president in the history of... Mark Stahl. I said that name in November of 2018. Mark Stahl. It's kind of like Pompeo is wearing wellies. He's like going through the State Department in like galoshes, right? Wellies in like, you know, rain boots. That's how leaky it is. And it's like, you know, we all know it's there. Your FSOs, former NSCs. Uh, to Obama, all sitting there, specifically one clown, uh, Earl Gast. I mean, why is he even still in the State Department? I mean, this guy, you know, USAID can't reconcile with Treasury. This guy, Gast, Gast. Why is he still there, guys? Gast. He was the regional mission director for the Ukraine. 2008, 2010. He also does Africa, Afghanistan. He did that too. 49 African countries, all where we're missing and bleeding money. Like, come on now. Why is this guy there? And why is he the rep in Rome? Oh gosh. Come on, Michael. You know, we're all here with you. We love our Pompeo. I love Pompeo. And I, like I said yesterday, I urge all of you to watch that video because you see another side of Pompeo, the Pompeo that I love to see. The awesome Pompeo. The thing is, why do we still have these idiots? In office. I mean, we need to gut them. And then it's like when you pull them out, it's kind of like, um, you know how we, what do we call them? Irish pennants. We used to call them in the Navy. You know, when you have those little, uh, strings sticking out and you use nail clippers to like take them off. Um, it's like that. It's like you pull that string and then a whole load of stuff just comes undone. Can we just pull one of these strings, please? 
Let it go undone. We want to see them come apart at the seams like now. I mean, I'm so impatient and I know it's all calculated. And the thing is, I've been talking about this stuff for almost a year. Like next month, it's going to be a year and it's now coming to fruition. And, you know, like I said, patience is a virtue. Patience is something I definitely do not have. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. But (laughs) I'm like... Come on. Okay. I want to put Schiff on now. I want you to hear Schiff talk. I want you to hear... Well, actually, I want you to hear Schiff live. Uh, Over here, sir. 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 Look at the mainstream media running and kind of like bowing down to Schiff. I mean, how do they even look at this guy? How do they even do their job? How are they not like, yo, you're a liar, dude. Okay, take a listen to what he says. Good morning. Um, We were informed about an hour and a half ago that uh, by the attorney for Ambassador Sondland that the State Department would refuse to allow him to testify today. This was after conversations um, well into uh, yesterday afternoon and evening uh, with the State Department legal advisor in which there was no indication uh, that the ambassador would be a no-show. Not only is the Congress being deprived of his testimony, the American people being deprived of his testimony today, but we are also aware that the ambassador has uh, text messages or emails uh, on a personal device which have been provided to the State Department, although we have requested those from the ambassador, and the State Department is withholding those messages as well. Those messages are also deeply relevant to this investigation and the impeachment inquiry. Uh, And I want to just explain uh, for the public the significance of this witness and the significance of the decision, evidently by the Secretary of State and President or President or both, Okay, there is no impeachment inquiry. Let's just make this clear, okay? What he's talking is smoke out of his butthole. There is no impeachment inquiry. Did you put in the articles of impeachment? Have you started it? Is it in the Judiciary Committee? Have you taken a vote? No. So where's your inquiry? In your head? I mean, you're asking and sending subpoenas without an inquiry? You can't ask for diddly squat. You can't ask for shift. Okay, Schiff, you can't. Unless there's an impeachment inquiry, you can't have diddly squat. Your subpoena is equal to toilet paper right now. Nobody has to do anything. Nobody has to comply. You want impeachment? Start it. Both uh, to withhold this key witness's testimony today. We know from the text messages that Ambassador Sondland was in discussion with Ukrainian counterparts, uh, with fellow diplomatic uh, personnel and the president, uh, as well as at least uh, one U.S. senator about the course of events that we are investigating. We know from those text messages that diplomatic personnel raised a concern with him uh, that military assistance was being withheld to secure help from Ukraine in the president's reelection campaign. We know that Ambassador Sondland had at least one discussion with a fellow diplomat on that very subject of why military assistance was being withheld. We know Master Sondland was a key player in efforts to... Um Here's why milit- uh, how assistance was being withheld. 
And it's just the same way we withheld it from Ecuador, the same way we withheld it from, you know, uh, Honduras. Uh, the reason it was withheld was specifically because it wasn't being used for what they said that they were going to use it. That's basically it. Uh, so I don't see how, um, you know, this is something that was being used as a collateral chip uh, because this is normal practice. Uh, if you're not using it for what you're supposed to be using it for, you're not getting it. I mean, that is our federal taxpayer dollars. You should not be allowed to have it, period. So that's pretty interesting that they keep pushing this. But again, they're speaking to stupid America, not real Americans. Obtained a commitment from Ukraine to investigate a bogus conspiracy theory about the 2016 election, as well as. Wait a minute. Bogus conspiracy theory that they invented. Because remember, the Ukraine, we colluded with the Ukraine as well, right? So now we're investigating to see if that's true. Because supposedly Manafort colluded with the Ukrainian oligarchs and all this stuff, and it came from there. So you're saying we're investigating a conspiracy theory that you guys have been pushing as fact for the past three years, uh, making complete arses of yourself. And now that we're investigating to see the foundations and the legitimacy of your claims, it's a conspiracy theory. Um, Joe Biden and his son. And we know that the ambassador has relevant uh, evidence on whether Joe Biden, John Kerry, Obama, you, Pelosi's husband via her son. Can we start making this list of all these people? Romney. Come on, McCain. I'm sure somebody's got some money rolling in from McCain as what is it called? Dividends now that he's dead. Come on, guys. Let's keep the ball rolling. Hillary, the foundation, Epstein. Can we get the ball rolling? Because the list is long and it's like none of you want to roll it all out. I mean, if you've got nothing to hide, why not be transparent? Also, I wanted to make mention, it's something super weird that I've noticed about Schiff lately. His eyes, his pupils seem to be extremely um, dilated, but like to a freaky point, not like um, he's high, but more so as if they're like fixed. Um, I don't know. Maybe all of you can pay attention to that, too, at some point. But his eyes, the 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 way they're dilated, his pupils um, kind of they're fixed. They don't shrink. I haven't seen them shrink. I haven't. Uh, you know, I, I pay attention to details like this. Uh, I haven't seen them shrink at all. And I know that he's bug eyed. You know, Pinocchio has always been bug eyed. But this is just like a little bit extra. Anyway, let's finish this up before the break. The meeting with the president that the Ukrainians desperately sought uh, with President Trump was being conditioned uh, on these investigations that the president believed would help his reelection campaign. It is hard to overstate the significance of not just Ambassador Sondland's testimony and the documents, but the testimony of others as well. Um, The failure to produce this witness, the failure to produce these documents, um, we consider yet additional strong evidence of obstruction of the constitutional functions of Congress, a co-equal branch of government. 
There are four issues that we are looking at, at least four issues that we are looking at, all that go to the heart of our national security. And by preventing us from hearing from this witness and obtaining these documents, the President and Secretary of State are taking actions that prevent us from getting the facts needed to protect the nation's security. We are looking into whether the President solicited foreign help in a U.S. presidential election again. We are looking into the issue of whether a meeting that Ukraine desperately sought with the President at the White House was being conditioned on the willingness of Ukraine to investigate this bogus conspiracy theory about 2016 and investigate the Bidens. Wow, right, guys? Like, they have no morals. Okay, after the break, I'm just going to open up with Pelosi's remarks, finish up with the end of Schiff, and then we're going to hit this real hard. Brennan, Omar, Barack Hussein Obama's mommy, Peter Strzok Sr., what do they have in common aside from Africa? Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Uh, it's October 8th. This is our two and our one was very disruptive i guess i shouldn't be coming out of the gate telling you what we're going to be talking about because you know coincidence so uh i thought that i would wrap it up with uh shifts uh final minute on his statements take a listen to just a few comments uh that were made uh by the republicans and then shift it over to pelosi and then what we're going to do is i'm just going to before we get there let me just say so we're supposed to have a minnesota uh trump rally on thursday right guys the mayor has literally un like i don't know how they do this and not feel embarrassed like they're not even embarrassed that they're doing this he's totally not allowing people claiming this claiming that you know what it's maga soda man it is maga soda and you know what if you don't let people go they'll just pour out into the streets i mean at the end of the day you block streets for the somali events we can block streets for our president's events and everyone in minnesota everyone coming down to minneapolis will flood the streets maga soda will come out in such numbers regardless of what mayor frey wants to say Keith Ellison, Ilhan Omar, and uh, the rest of the jihadis that run Minneapolis will be expelled out of there really quickly. And as far as Ilhan Omar goes, uh, did I mention thank you for being in Burkina Faso and triggering my interest to your trip to Djibouti, which is the same as Somalia? It's, uh, and I said it in my first half hour. There's a saying between Greeks and Italians. They say, una faza, una razza, which means one face, one race in not a racist way, but that they're the same. That's what they say. Uh, the same goes for Somalis and Djiboutins. So she was in Djibouti, went to Burkina Faso on our dime without a big delegation. So you have to wonder, what is she doing in Africa? I mean, she's Somali, supposedly hates Africans. You know, they loathe black people. Like They say it themselves. They consider themselves different. Um, so we have to thank her for that. And it's her state that doesn't want to show the turn up. Because even the Somalis 
kind of like Trump. So it's going to be really difficult um, for them to maintain that hold. I mean, they're kind of giving them a taste of Sharia. Anyway, let's continue with Schiff, roll into Pelosi, and then get into some really deep dive, uh, you know, Tory cabinet discussions. We're looking at whether Ukraine was given reason to believe that military assistance it desperately needed to fight off the Russians was being withheld until it made commitments to do these political investigations for the president. And we are looking into the question of whether there has been an effort by the president, the secretary of state, and others to cover up this misconduct. Ambassador Sondland is an important witness on each of these subjects, but he is not the only important witness. Uh, and we will consider this act today, and we've had members fly in from around the country to hear the ambassador's testimony, uh, as well as the withholding of the ambassador's documents, uh, as well as efforts that may be made to discourage or having the effect of discouraging other State Department witnesses from coming forward and testifying, as they have agreed to, to be further acts of obstruction. Testifying for what? There's no impeachment inquiry. That usually goes through the Judiciary Committee, not the Intelligence Committee. And again, with his fixed pupils, I'm telling you, he's got lights in his face. You can see them reflect on the pupils and they're not getting smaller. So, you know, your, 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 your pupils contract when there's a lot of light and they expand when there isn't any. His looked fixed. They not looked. They look fixed. I want you guys to pay attention to that next time you see Adam Schiff speak. Of a co-equal branch of government. This is one of the few impeachment inquiries in the history of our country. It's not an impeachment inquiry. Again, it's not. It's not legitimate. If you don't have a vote and you don't have the rules set out and you don't have it done, there is no impeachment inquiry. I mean, I don't see where they're getting this. It goes to the core of whether the president abused his office to seek political help in his re-election campaign. And That's did what Obama so to the did. detriment of our nation's security. My gosh. Did so to... by effectively coercing a country that has been invaded by Russia <laughs> My to investigate a rival and condition the relationship between this country and that country on whether they were willing to play ball. That is the gravamen of the issues that we are investigating that this impeachment inquiry is looking into it is hard to imagine it's not a an inquiry it's not even real more damaging to our national security and our standing in the world but also more of a fundamental breach of the president's oath of office the american <laughs> people have the right to know if the president is acting in their interests in the nation's interests with an eye towards our national security uh, and not in his narrow personal political interests. They have a right to know, indeed, the American people have a need to know. And through this impeachment inquiry, we are determined to find the answers. Thank oh, my you. gosh. He has, he didn't take, first of all, he didn't take any questions. Secondly, in his tongue, he had the hearing device. Oh, my gosh. I just saw that. They have a right to know, indeed, the American people have a need to know. And through this impeachment inquiry. Oh, my gosh. He had it. Okay. Let's listen to what you're Let's listen to what Jim Jordan has to say, which I love. And I didn't notice that he was that short, which is pretty cool, because that means whenever I do meet him, I can actually <laughs> kind of feel like I don't have to look up and strain my neck. All are filing the complaint. Adam Schiff didn't tell us that the way he treated Ambassador Sondland last week in this, excuse me, Ambassador uh, Volker in this uh, interview last week, that's, that treatment is, is the reason why 
the administration, the State Department said, we're not going to subject Ambassador Sondland to the same treatment. And um, look, we were actually looking forward to hearing from Ambassador Sondland. We thought he was going to reinforce exactly what Ambassador Volker told us last week. But again, unfortunately, when you have a Speaker of the House who says we need to strike while the iron's hot, when you have a chairman of the committee who is so biased against this president that he wouldn't even tell us that he had met with his staff, had met with the whistleblower prior to the whistleblower filing the complaint. Daniel Jones. And frankly, this is a pattern with Mr. Schiff. We did the listen. same thing, if you remember, the first big hearing the Democrats. This is what you need to hear. script of Ambassador Volker's testimony. I, I agree. I agree. And the American people agree with every one of you. Let them judge for themselves. What? That's what we need to do. So there's an argument that. against releasing the, the Volker transcript. transcript before all the other witnesses you mean, you mean Adam Schiff made the argument? I'm just putting it out there for you to respond. Yeah. An argument against releasing who, the Who Volker. made the argument? I, I haven't heard that argument. And so at this I mean, particular – There's an argument against transcendence. transparency? There, there is, there's an argument. No, no, hold on a second. Hold on a second. There's an argument in favor of cherry picking selective releases of texts. There's an argument in favor of only telling the American public what is best in the interests of wanting to take down Preach. a sitting president. Maybe you should ask what was said inside of Volker's deposition during his transcribed interview with regards to Adam Schiff's fairy tale quid pro quo charge that aid from the United States to Ukraine was being linked to an investigation into the Bidens. Why don't you ask, what did Ambassador Volker say about that? That's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that question. And I'll tell you the reason why oh that God. question was so important for you to ask. Guys, if I was ever in Congress or a senator, that would be the way I'd be like, totally love that question, and I totally state it for myself. This was a boss move. Yes, more power to you, brother. Preach. It's for many things, because he was in this room for several hours. And during several hours of testimony, he talked about how President Zelensky had no idea that there was a hold-on aid at the time of the July 25th call. Ambassador Volker testified about how the readouts of the phone call that was made to him, that he had, that there was nothing in the readouts about there being a hold on U.S. aid or a quid pro quo. Or Ambassador Volker testified, this is what the transcribed interview would tell you if you asked this question. I'm glad that we were having this discussion. The next day, Ambassador Volker meets with President Zelensky. And in that meeting, there is no reference to a quid pro quo or President Zelensky having any idea that there was a hold on aid. Or, over the course of Ambassador Volker's next several weeks engaging with Ukraine, Ukraine makes no reference to there being a hold on aid or there being a quid pro quo. And by the way, you know what else Ambassador Volker testified to? This entire time, the aid was getting released. It was going to get released. And guess what happened? The aid got released. And you know what didn't have to happen? There was no new investigation that had to get created. This whole thing is a fairy tale. Adam Schiff is misleading you, and you're playing along with it. Many of you are. And the, oh, and the American public is then getting deceived. When Adam Schiff said, for example, that President Trump was asking President Zelensky to manufacture dirt on the Bidens. You know what Ambassador Volker testified to? That was absolutely untrue. Now, that's what we would call an inconvenient fact for the narrative. You know what else Adam Schiff has been saying to you and the American public that was not true? That he had no contact with the whistleblower. He'd like to, but he didn't have any contact. He lied. You know what else he lied about? When he gave his opening statement from the acting director of national intelligence, 
as to what was in, in front of the world as far as what the transcribed interview said. Now, going back to Ambassador Volker's transcribed interview and a process, we were here ready to do our part. If anyone is going to testify behind those closed doors, we're going to make sure that we're there to ensure that the other 99% of the story is being told. Because guess what? If we weren't there last Thursday... <laughs> You would have no idea of everything that Ambassador Volker said to obliterate Adam Schiff's fairytale quid pro quo charge. You would have no idea. So we're here. Now, as far as the administration goes, if they don't want to send Ambassador Sondland here because this is a kangaroo court, because there has not been a vote to launch an impeachment inquiry, because minority does not have any rights for subpoenas, because the president doesn't have the right to have counsel president to ask questions for subpoena power, to present evidence... This entire thing is a political charade. It's exactly. a clown show. Thank we're you. here, we're ready for whoever's going to be testifying in the other room. But we have to be here because if we're not, Adam Schiff sure as heck is not going to tell you. Because all he has to do is right now release that transcribed interview. Because he won't, because it destroys his narrative. It undercuts it, it blows it up. That's what we heard over the course of several hours. And by the way, you know, uh, Jerry Connolly comes on to you know, Aaron Burnett's show on CNN at 7 o'clock on Thursday. I love this, And they guys. have a back and forth. They play a clip from Jim Jordan. They play a clip from me where they're basically saying, you know, Jerry Connolly, you didn't hear anything of what Jim Jordan and Lee Zeldin says that they heard, right? And they have this back and forth basically dumbing down their audience. And what isn't pointed out in that back and forth is that Jerry Connolly was the last person to show up He's the first one to leave instantly. He wasn't there for any of it. So what's important is that we are here, and I can answer, we can answer any question you want as far as what Ambassador Volker testified to, credibly, exceptionally, professionally. But you're not asking any of the most important questions. Some of you are, but many of you aren't asking the most important questions, such as, what did you hear last Thursday that we don't yet know about? Adam Schiff won't answer, but he should. He should release the transcript. Impeaching opposing. You need to listen to his closing. Like, he was on a roll. Like, totally love him. Like, he got an email in his office, like, yo, you're, you're awesome. I would do the same thing. Take a listen to this part. The texts from, uh, from, from Bill Taylor. That show then did not follow that text with the response that absolutely says unequivocally that there is no quid pro quo. Furthermore, what that show did not say after that is the context from Ambassador Volker's transcript with regards to Bill Taylor's text. And you would then know if we all had the transcribed interview in front of us, but we'll, we'll tell you now, it's been out there in the public. He said it because he read a political story. And he wanted to get the aid to Ukraine released. He, he saw a political story, and he was concerned. And then he was corrected. But why is it that the coverage is only going to show Bill Taylor's text? So Bill Taylor claims he saw a political story. That's why he said it. Bill Taylor is a plan and he needs to get fired. Just saying that shouldn't have been a conversation at all. But that's okay. They needed some gaslighting and he did it. And we all know it, that he's a clown too. And he's in a lot of trouble. I mean, his excuse of we saw a political story. What, you're looking at fake news? Like, could you imagine text out of content? You know, I have someone who's like, hey, I'm golfing. And then I want to text him. Oh, I'm so jealous. And then... 
then next one, I want to hang you by your toes and skin you because you make me suffer because I can't do this. And then suddenly that's played. Whoop. Tori said, I want to hang you by your toes and skin you. And suddenly it's like, whoa, that's vicious. She's violent. She's this. When it was just a joke of raging jealousy that other people are having fun and I want to have fun too. So this is exactly where we at. The mainstream media is cherry picking what they want to say. They don't ask questions. So I think everyone should take lead and ask themselves questions. Uh, you know, when they say, what do you think about him? Share statement. Well, oh, you asked me about what Volker said. Yeah. So here's what he said. Thanks for that question. I would totally make up my own questions because that's what needs to be done. But in the meantime, uh, not in the meantime, and going forward, what I want us to do is just listen to Pelosi's ramble just for a little bit and um, move it on over uh, to the juicy, juicy parts that are coming up. Uh, again, thanking Ilhan Omar for her visit to Africa, thanking Ilhan Omar for allowing us to see more of these corrupt clowns that are linked to the Ukraine that are still within the State Department that are causing these concerns we have a lot of people in a lot of places right now that are doing this and um this is a big problem now nancy pelosi uh was um speaking with hashtag lower drug costs uh, you know, she's, she needs to sell her stock, stock in pharmaceuticals and so does everyone else if she actually wants to do it. Give me a second. Let me see if this is the clip part. <laughs> I just want to say that the live stream had like, uh, comments and some of them were like, term limits, Nancy eats babies. <laughs> I love the comments sometimes. I just look at them. In fact, one of the kinds of, uh, some of the unease we have had about how these prices have come to be. Let's fast forward to where she gets into the other stuff. Standing first in line in terms of some. Hold on. Because this keeps moving. And most importantly, the mother of Sammy. Nobody cares. Being a, a, Here we go. How else can I say this graciously? A pot of money that would be for uh, investments to be made in what we call orphan drugs that, that were not that many people are affected, but the people who are affected are affected in a prohibitive way in terms of cost. So, that, again, that's one of the considerations in the, in the uh, legislation yet, yet to be. But that would be, you know, again... Medicare it makes absolutely no sense. Investments in innovation, some uh, maybe even. Here's what she's describing. She's describing a slush fund. Let me just round it up for you of money that supposedly is going to go for drugs for people that don't always use those drugs, like that have some special disease. And that slush fund will be supposedly used to fund innovation and research, which is never going to happen. But, you know, government will tell you it is happening, but it won't. And um, they're going to be in charge of this slush fund to issue it. So um, that's basically what she's describing here. We talked earlier about uh, community health centers getting some of the benefit as well as uh, of these low population but big drug bills uh, that we could invest there for that. And let me just say that a bit of... Um, 
like hepatic encephalopathy or stuff like that. Stuff that you can actually use marijuana to help with, but okay. Uh, this is, you know, her slush fund and that's what she wants to have control of the money and how it goes. Now I'm going to take you to the next part after the slush fund where she talks about something more interesting. Uh, <laughs> aside from the fact of the whole world should have free healthcare because it's a right. Um, here we go. Well, it's so important just from the stories we heard today, and I know there are, are, are thousands and thousands of stories right here in our region, and, and we just expand that across the country. So we're going to work hard. You said this is um, something that you feel you know, bipartisan and we should be able to move through. So maybe we'll just close and just say, um, okay. tell us how we're working hard on the House <laughs> side, and so if we get through the House, how, what you think the prospects are um, after that. Well, thank you very much, uh, Congresswoman Delvenny, for your leadership in so many ways. Now, strategically, on the Ways and Means Committee, Health Subcommittee, which is part of the uh, committees of responsibility and authority on this subject, (laughs) and again, coming from a region rich in innovation, it's in the air, it's in the water and the rest, uh, and also uh, thinking in that entrepreneurial way, but how can we do this? in a new, fresh way that really gets the results for the future. And again, in so many cases, it's about the children. It's about the children. It can make such a big difference uh, in their lives. We remove all doubt that they will have what they need in a way that is affordable. It can't be accessible unless it's affordable. But let me just say that uh, nothing was more, shall we say, uh, This is going to sound a little political. It's not really intended to be political. It's just a fact. Nothing was more eloquent uh, to our colleagues than the fact that this issue was the issue in the last election. Okay, fast forward. Uh, Respect for other views as they weigh in so that we can – we have the confidence – of what we are doing is the right thing that's needed and that's very thought, well thought out by our committees as to what we are proposing. The humility to listen to any improvements or uh, the other side of the aisle may have or people may have, but we are determined that this will happen. And in my view, it could happen this year. Yeah, it's not happening this year because that's what they want. So that way they can get back in. That way they can hook you. That way they can tell you that, you know, it's going to be coming up, uh, you know, and uh, be put together. Uh, that's the thing. Um, so I just wanted to point that out that she went there to eloquently speak and <laughs> she sucks. Now, uh, before we head off into uh, the deep dive, the Tory cabinet that you sit on, um, I just want to tell you that California passed some crazy laws last week that is insane. And it's because it's preemptive. They actually find laws making it illegal. Are you listening to this? Making it absolutely illegal to um, uh, put or uh, post videos um, that they believe, okay, that they believe have been manipulated as deep fake. Like, I'm not kidding. Um 
This is important to know because we have standard hotel videos. We have Adam Schiff videos. We have Pelosi videos. We have Maxine Water videos. But literally, they're making it illegal uh, for people to supposedly make deep fakes. And the thing is, if it's a deep fake, how do you know it's a fake? How do you know that it's true? Is it what the mainstream media calls true or what? So, you know, they're saying that pornography is going to be coming out and this is why they're doing it. Uh, they're saying that, um, you know, people are putting political faces on pornography. We all know it has to do with the child porn that's going to be coming up. Because the one thing about these twisted individuals that participate in these satanic activities in this disgusting practice is that they like to watch it. Remember? So remember, Nixium would have parties like at Sir Branson's Island where Barack Hussein Obama went on vacation right after he left office, if you remember correctly, where people in Chicago were busted for harvesting children, which, by the way, anyone out in Pennsylvania, keep an eye on your kids because apparently there's a lot of predators out in the Northeast looking to kidnap kids. So anyway, what did they have going on in the background on screens? Snuff films, kid snuff films where they would have sex with children and kill them during the act. These are things that they get off on. So I guess California is getting ahead of it by making it illegal so that way they can push it through the Ninth Circus Court. I don't know. But regardless, residents can now sue anyone who puts an image in porn without consent. So that's pretty interesting, but it goes to deep fake. And I'm just kind of like, hmm... You know, it doesn't matter what's true or false. The media is going to tell you what's true or false, right? I mean, they're pushing that Schiff is like uh, telling you the truth and that he's on point and he's not lying to you. And they won't even ask the real questions. So, I mean, why make a law if it doesn't matter? Because I can put out a video, per se, that I may or may not have with Adam Schiff and little boys. But if I put that video out, now California will say, well, it's fake. And I'm like, prove it. They're like, we can't, we don't have to. The law says you're not allowed to do it without their permission. So make sure that any videos that you put out of your California senators, House members, you know, and anybody else in California like Hollywood that may pop up, like, you know, couch casting like Alyssa or anything like that goes out. Make sure you're not in the state of California. Maybe you can come to North Dakota because apparently we're still red because we have started draining the swamp. Our chief justice of our Supreme Court in this state has just announced that he is stepping down, but not retiring. <laughs> He's stepping down. So we're draining the swamp over here. Has nothing to do with my presence here, of course. So feel free to come over here and release the videos. And this is how you deal with the issues. Ha. Huh. Getting ahead of the game. Remember, that's all they do. They get ahead of the game. So we're going to take a short break and I'll be back and get ready, guys. Grab your coffee, cigarettes, whatever your vice may be. And get ready for this one, because it's going to be fun. Now, welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. Uh, I'm your host, Tori. And... Uh, before we start, I want you guys to listen to uh, some very inspiring words because what you're going to hear is uh, not so much the information. Most of you are like, yeah, I kind of expected that kind of this. 
we need to understand just how wide, how deep, how well planned all these things are. What is happening is, and I've said it before, it's not about politics. It's about your soul. It's a spiritual warfare. It's bigger than you know. It's kind of like you're in space and you are trying to avoid the planet being blown up and people are worried about, you know, a fight that they have with their neighbor in regards to the fencing. Okay. It seems ridiculous, but to them in their reality, in that moment, their problem, they're like, don't minimize it. You know, you need to listen to the bigger deal. Now I've said this before the Ark of the covenant, uh, you know, that's missing was actually taken by the Ethiopians. And if any of you ever have the opportunity to go to Ethiopia, I urge you to go into the carved churches and specifically one that are in their cliffs. They carve them into stone where the Ark of of the Covenant was last known to be because they actually created the cradle to hold it in there. So I want you to listen to this young woman, Malet, who was born in Ethiopia. She was orphaned and she was adopted um, at the age of 11 and she was at the White House and I want you to listen to what she says. I just want to encourage you guys to pray every single day for this nation. I want you guys to pray and pray and pray. I'm not really good with prayer or anything like that, but I just want to say thank you, Mr. President. And I know we have a political warfare right now, but I strongly believe that it is a spiritual one as well. And I want to make, <laughs> and I want to make sure that I mean, I know that Americans are going to wake up and we're going to get back to looking to God instead of social media and we're going to look back to Jesus because Jesus saves and this country was founded upon, the the Constitution was built on godly principles and we're going to fight for that and I just want to encourage you guys to pray every single day for this nation. I want you guys to pray and pray and pray. I am from Ethiopia. I live in a very beautiful city named Valparaiso, Indiana. My country, I know you're from Indiana, and I have strong, strong people um, who are able to raise me, and I love God, and I'm, I want to pray real quick. All right. Okay. All right. I don't know if you guys want to bow your head. Okay. All right. Dear God. I'm not really good at this, but um, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to be in the White House. Thank you for giving us a great leader like Trump, Mr. Donald Trump. And I would like to thank you for um, waking up our nation. God protect us. God protect our president as he's going through so much right now, so much scrutiny. God, I believe that you were, you gave him to us, and I believe that he's going to accomplish so much more. I know you have more for us. Jesus, I ask you to protect us and walk with us. <laughs> um, and in Jesus' name, the enemy tries to attack us every single day. He tries to discourage us, but he has no room. He has no room, no more. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so she was crying while she was saying it, but we have a praying president, and that's something important, and that is something scary to all of them. It is scary to all of them that we want to answer to a higher power. We want to ensure that our souls are saved and that we feel like it is done. Now, 
I'm going to introduce you to conspiracy. A conspiracy that many people were shunned for. Shunned so hard that they were sent to threatening letters by judges to never talk about Barack Hussein Obama, never utter his name, never say a word. As I noticed that Ilhan Omar on her birthday, her alleged birthday, signed her divorce papers to be filed. She did so in Burkina Faso. And like I said, in the first half hour, Burkina Faso was created by Peter Strzok's dad and Brennan, but more importantly, by a woman named Stanley Ann Dunham Satoro. Here's the thing. His mom worked for USAID. She's been to the farm. She has executed covert operations across the globe, specifically that in Africa, and where she can use her linguistic skills. Uncovering her employment through USAID is just one tying to put it in because she helped topple them. She helped reduce that nation of upper Volta, destroy their borders and redistribute them and create the nation of Burkina Faso. What's incredible is, is that during the time of the Barack Hussein Obama regime, a very important operation that's classified is and that has the code name Creek Sand has placed themselves strategically in the African Horn and by and flanking the Niger River uh, and um, within Burkina Faso, uh, which is south of Mali, north of Ghana, just so that I can give you your bearings of where it is in West Africa. This is where we have placed massive U.S. drone bases. Bases in Djibouti, bases in Kenya, Somalia border, Sudan, Uganda, and of course, like I said, Niger and Burkina Faso. Now, to many FSOs like Earl Gast, they, this operation is codenamed Aztec Archer. And, um, I wanted to bring this around because, you know, Barack Hussein Obama's mom is CIA. And it pains me when I see that people, uh, don't seem to put one and one together. It was in 2012 that, uh, CNN uh, okay, CNN had done a piece on his mother of how at Hawaii she's been doing all these things. She's obviously retired and uh, came out of her covert status. But it seems that Barack Hussein Obama's mommy, Brennan, and Peter Strzok's daddy have been friends for a very, very, very long time. And she is actually known very well within the African desk. And what's crazy is, is that, uh, you know, there are people who have requested information, subpoenaed information, um, in regards to, um, uh, say it, uh, his mom and she was born overseas. Yes. 
uh, she was, and that's fine. Uh, her father was also CIA, and she uh, was raised uh, there. Okay, so Mrs. Satoro was raised there and cultivated there. Her father, Stanley, did the same thing. One thing people don't know is that the majority of the work that Stanley Ann, because Stanley is her first name, ergo any records you will find about Stanley Dunham will be her dad's, and it kind of overlaps, which is super weird. Um, but that's I've told you about the names. I've told you about fake names. I've told you about how things are done. I've told you about how um, multiple names are used, right? I've told you, told you, told you over again and and again, names are very important. And, you know, for someone who has a middle name, <laughs> that's my dad's, I get it. But Stanley was an American. Stanley gave his daughter the first name Stanley. And you would say, well, is it a male? Is it a female? Who is Stanley? Think. Now, all we know is that she is CIA all we know is that she did the heavy lifting within USAID. There are records of her employment with USAID, which is what? Funneling our federal taxpayer dollars to put forward, what do they call it? To um, help promote our democratic um ideals to other nations, which means to make sure that what we want to happen in other countries happens. That's basically what USAID is, uh, just to be frank. So here we have Barack Hussein Obama's mommy, if she is his biological mommy, uh, pushing forward democratic supposedly values in these nations. But one thing they don't tell you is that she actually ran all the financials. And it's really, really funny that she's linked to banking or her daddy's linked to banking because she was the one that did the money. Uh, she dealt with um, uh, the World Bank when we were funding the pipelines during the Clinton administration. Uh, she was on that team. Uh, she was also um, on the team in regards to funding projects in African nations. Now you're going to say, Tori, well, why bring her up now? I mean, you know, Obama's getting impeached. It's uh, no big deal, obviously. It is a big deal because what uh, we see, what I see that Ilhan Omar did is that she visited these drone bases. This is where I'm getting at. So one has to ask yourself, why would Ilhan Omar on her own travel to these places to penetrate Project Creek Sand? Okay. Operation Creek, uh, Creek Sand is supposedly covert. Obviously, a lot of people know about it. And so why is she visiting these bases? And here's the thing. Why is it in, that the nations that she appears to visit, we have Turkish officials visiting around the same time. So when she went to Djibouti, we had, um, uh, was it, it was the minister of military affairs of Turkey that was in Djibouti with her on the second. Uh, and on the fourth in Burkina Faso, they had the um, uh, minister of Turkey in regards to agriculture and mining and metals. And like I told you, they are head of gold and whatever. And also happened to be in the same place that Ilhan Omar was. And the question is, she's running around these places 
on our dime. And all of them have one thing connected, that she's visiting military bases. Okay, that is a big deal. And here's the kicker. The fact that Barack Hussein Obama has his envoys right now uh, in the West, in the southwest of Niger, is concerning for me, considering that we have a huge, you know, UAV uh, based uh, there. Now, the question is, what is the tie up here? What is the connection here? And the connection here is Earl Gast. Uh, I see that his name has popped up in every single document that I've seen that uh, aligned with Ilhan Omar's travel. And he would say maybe because he leads the U.S. aid within Africa. I mentioned it earlier this year that Africa is going to be coming to the forefront in 2020, the dark continent, the investments. Um, you know, uh, Pompeo made note of that uh, in his speech in Greece, and this is where we're going to. So what China, like the way China works is that they'll go and, you know, tell an African nation, yo, I'm going to put up, you know, telecoms. They put in the technology, they regulate the technology, they make sure that they can hawk off of it, but they also do a really shoddy job so that way you need them to come back so they can do updates and or it collapses and you know um, you've paid them money even though it's not the amount of money somebody else would have asked for to do a better job you've paid the money and so the concern that the Obamas or I would say the global syndicate has now is the fact that President Trump has thrown a wrench into the operations of the Chinese, that the globalist clique, this uh, deep state, this global syndicate was okay with because they could monitor and they knew and they were like, yeah, we're just going to make them think they get away with it. And again, I, I'd say what made them think that 20% of the, pop, the world's population would be something easy to eradicate? I mean, yeah, maybe H-bombs. But I'm pretty sure they'd know about it. Uh, you're not that sneaky. I mean, if we, if I know what you're doing in Djibouti, Ilhan, you better make sure that everybody else does. And Hillary, if I know what you're doing up there in Westchester, I'm pretty sure everybody else does. And if I know that Daniel Jones is sourcing out all these claimed whistleblowers, and what are they whistleblowing? Something that's already been released, then they're gonna know too. It's like, it's like trying to hide behind your finger. You pick up your index finger, you put it between your eyes and say, I'm hidden. You can't hide like that. It's, it doesn't happen. It doesn't. So here we have a sheer panic. We're seeing the Clinton Foundation in Africa making some weird moves on the heels of Obama's new Africa incentive that he had in July. And I played that clip, that that video sound. It's on his um, Twitter feed, too. Uh, where he talked about it. And that is something that people need to pay attention to because I did say Africa is coming into the scene, but I think it's actually ramping up. And the concern that I have is that um, she sits on the Foreign Intel Committee, which means that she gets access to these bases. She gets access to information. And I'm, and I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that, um, you know, she has... Uh, she she's being watched. But what people aren't understanding is that we're watching them. Have you guys looked at Barack Hussein Obama's pictures on Twitter? Look at the picture that he tweeted out on October 3rd and tell me what that landscape is. Where is he? 
Where is Barack Hussein Obama in that picture in the late evening looking at a sunset? They're telling you exactly what they're doing. They're telling you exactly what move they're making. It seems as if, you know, are, we're distracted from the planet, you know, being shot down by Star Trek, right? This is what it seems like, that we're focused on the neighborhood rival rather than the actual problem. And there's a saying in Greece, the world is on fire, but Marjorie is combing her hair. I feel like all of us are right now just sitting there combing our hair and not focusing on what is being said. See, when you want on a global platform to discuss things, right, you put it out in a way where you're giving the hints of where it is. That is what you need to look for. You know, it's... So incredible that the Obamas were in the same place where Ilhan Omar is. It is actually also incredible that today out of all days that Barack Hussein Obama talks about Ambassador Rice because I'm going to tell you something when you see her name pop up in three weeks and that's if we don't have martial law and that's if they don't force us to because we're on the ready. That Pfizer report I told you months ago was coming after Labor Day. And right after Labor Day, I told you it was coming trick, our treat to their trick, right? It's coming. But now they've actually organized two huge violent sieges of New York City and L.A. to come the weekend following the next, right? On the 19th of October, it's scheduled. So we also have scheduled uh, that uh, our... Um, Troops are being activated. One might say, well, why are we activating the troops on the day of that? Well, the troops were activated way before that. It was just their answer to it. You see Rashida digging in her heels saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's spreading disinformation in regards to they're discussing how they're going to arrest the president. No, they're putting that in there. So that way the narrative can be, oh, my gosh, they arrested all of us because we were going to arrest them because, because, because. And like I said in my last article, where, you know, I just sneak in there some stuff. What I'm going to be really pissed off about is with these darn stupid revolts and sieges and refuse fascism and all that. And I urge you all to go to Millie Weaver's YouTube page and watch her video because she put it in so well. Actually, you know, I should play that uh, clip. This is where it's going to come down to if we're going to get our perp walks. Because if these clowns start shooting people, blowing people up, we have grenades being sold. We've got people making bombs. We've got, you know, insane leftists and people with fixed pupils talking, you know, uh, these things are all coming together for one big storm because it's here and they have no umbrella. We do. And that is the thing I said at Labor Day is going to be the last time. They had a chance to wave that white flag, but you know, after Labor Day, you don't wear your dress whites, right? That's the problem. So again, this is going to be, um, uh, they're reacting to the actions that are coming forward, but what they don't realize is that we uh, have already foreseen that that was coming, and that is the issue. I'm going to play. The Democrats. 
I'm going to play uh, the beginning of Millie Weaver's uh, video here, and then I'm going to fast forward to the end for the last two minutes. Take a listen. Really screwed themselves this time. They got played in their own game and stepped into their own shift. But don't get too excited because a cornered animal can and will attack. Deep within a bleak and dismal swamp, hidden beneath its... That's the thing. They have their backup and they are so upset that they want to get things done faster. They are reacting. They are not thinking. They are automatically reacting. Take a listen to this clip of it. Something like that. But we all know this bag of tricks is dead on arrival, given that President Trump and the Ukrainian president have corroborated no wrongdoing. We spoke about many things, and I, so I think, and you read it, that nobody pushed it, pushed me, yes. In other words, no pressure. You know there was no pressure. All you have to do is see it, what went on on the call. And since they haven't actually initiated any formal impeachment proceeding, their subpoenas are in name only. Mr. Trump maintains he did nothing wrong and is pushing back. He says White House cooperation with subpoena requests could hinge on whether House Speaker Nancy Pelosi takes a vote to formally launch an impeachment impeachment investigation. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has a question for Democrats tonight. As to the House of Representatives, he asks, if you believe this complaint has put the public in grave danger, don't you have an obligation to vote to launch an impeachment inquiry? Americans deserve to see where you stand and evaluate your judgment. So what could the Legion of Doom have up their sleeve? We want to make it abundantly clear that any effort by the secretary, by the president or anyone else to interfere with the Congress's ability to call before it relevant witnesses will be considered as evidence of obstruction of the lawful functions of Congress. To call for launching this different kind of protest beginning in October. It has become all the more necessary and possible now that the impeachment hearings have begun. This opens up the possibility for increased mass struggle by the masses of people taking to the streets and the public squares. We had determined that the political situation had developed to the point where we needed to call for sustained mass protests beginning in late October. Democrat Representative Rashida Tlaib let it slip that Democrat lawmakers are trying to figure out how to arrest White House officials and where to hold them if they don't comply with the House subpoenas. Is it the D.C. police that goes against them? No, no. Where do we hold them? You know, what What happens? And they're like, well, Rashida, we're trying to figure it out ourselves because this is uncharted territory. It's uncharted territory to try to overthrow a government that's treason. You're talking about arresting White House officials. You're talking about arresting the President of the United States. All of these people are going to be mass arrested. You watch. And this is why Refuse Mass Fascism is organizing these protests, all funded by Amalgamated Bank, all funded by Democracy Alliance, which the President of Amalgamated Bank sits on the board of.
and Democracy Alliance? Just look at my article. Obama for America Foundation is there. Hillary Clinton and any other left-wing insane organization that you can name is on there. This is where we're at, guys. They've brought civil war to the brink. And you know what? I'm kind of pissed off because I might not get to see that perp walk. If there's martial law, these people will be swept up and I won't see Schiff not having fixed pupils and crying. I won't see Rachel Maddow slitting her wrists on TV, crying and, 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 and pulling her hair out. I won't see them come to justice. And that in reality pisses me off. On that note, um, I'll see you all tomorrow. God bless. I hope you got a few of the slips that I dropped in today because those are going to be coming to the forefront soon, not right now. But like I said, this is a huge storm and they are making it worse for themselves as they try to react. Keep an eye on Yang. From all of us here at Red State Talk Radio, God bless.